1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections of the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom Terrace, Tom Fertl, and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Uh, good to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody, would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. But Rob, before we break open the bread of life, uh, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit in to see how Jesus wants to speak to us today?
2: Okay, here we go. Then in the, name of the Father, Father the Son, and the Son Holy, Holy, Spirit. Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. For this moment, you are the God of now. Help us to be present in this moment. Please, Lord, help us to uh, to, to rid ourselves of all distractions, uh, to put aside anything that we're focusing on, and just be here to hear your word, to receive your love. Uh, to, to be open to how you want to guide us and mold us and, and, and direct us in our lives as husbands, as fathers, as sons and daughters, brothers, sisters, friends. Lord, we love you and we thank you. God, thank you so much for the gift of the Holy Spirit, sending the Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our lives. And we ask you, dear Holy Spirit, to fill us with wisdom and knowledge and understanding, fill us with courage to live the word in every aspect of life. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, Father Son, and the Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: And Tom Fertle, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. A reading from the Gospel of John. On the evening
3: of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked, where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: While wow, as you were enunciating that, Receive the Holy Spirit, Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them and whose sins you retain are retained. It just was such a powerful reality check for me that without the gift of the Holy Spirit, as human beings, it's impossible to forgive. And to forgive and to let go. But boy, all things are possible with God. So for me, you know, we have that choice, that free will choice every day to hold on to the people and the sins that they've caused against us and and, and have resentment and bitterness and have those roots grow in our heart, which pollutes that living water that's supposed to flow from us. Or we have a choice to go to God and invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to be able to truly forgive. They say to, you know, it's to forgive is divine. That's because without God, you can't forgive. But with God, all things are possible. And it's through that forgiveness that you're set free. And it's all about that relationship with God. Jesus Christ came and gave his life for each and every one of us so that we can have the abundant life, have life in abundance. And that's why he says to his disciples in a in moment of their deepest despair, Peace be with you. repeats it twice. I think elsewhere in the Scriptures, it's three times. Because the abundant life is a life of peace. That doesn't mean we're not going to go through turmoil and traumatic events in our life. But, man, as long as we continue to tap in and have that communion, that common union with the heart of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we can brave any storm and walk through anything with God. And I have that visual of Meshach. Shadrach. Shadrach. Meshach, Shadrach and to go. You know where God takes us by the hands and leads us through those fires of our lives, those 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 tumultuous times that just want to no no pun intended rock our boats, rock our boats.
2: And we're we're celebrating the birthday of the church, right? This is uh, Pentecost Sunday that we're going to be uh, uh, we're, we're approaching. And happy birthday, church! Uh, it's just awesome to see that these guys who for three years were hanging out with Jesus, they were still afraid. And even after you appear to them once, you know they're still locked behind closed doors. But it wasn't until Pentecost, you know, in, in you know the reading in in Acts that we'll hear this Sunday when the Holy Spirit came in a powerful way, and then all the people that were there from all over were able to hear in their native tongue the the message of God. And I was thinking, when Jesus said in the Gospel when it says He showed them His wounds, He showed them His hands and His sides, right? He showed Him His wounds, and just like in, in the reading in Acts, everyone understood in their native tongue the language of suffering is universal. And Jesus is showing us that, you know, here, here's here's my wounds. And how many times have we met with people and after a conversation and, and some connection, either we or they share something, right? They, they they open up, they share a hurt, they share they share a fear, they share something that has been really weighing them down. And how connected do you feel with that person, I mean, It's like a, a beautiful connection, especially when that that meeting and the foundation is Christ. I'm just thinking of this this common language of suffering, and if we unite our sufferings with each other, that you know the evil one wants us to suffer alone and, and think it's uh, you know like a, something against us, and God doesn't love us. No suffering is so powerful. And if we unite that suffering, we show each other our wounds, we unite it with each other and unite it with Christ. It's the power to change the world. And just like Our Lady of Fatima said, pray every day, pray the rosary every day for peace. God wants peace in the world. Our Lady is encouraging us always to pray for peace. So let's, uh, let's be open with each other. Let's be transparent. Uh, let's show each other our wounds and, and take this journey together.
1: And the other thing with that that I think is really key, Rob, you know, the gift of the Holy Spirit that comes at Pentecost, it also has come to us, you know, through our baptism, through our confirmation, we have been anointed with the Holy Spirit and the language that the world, every heart in the world hears and knows is the language of unconditional love, those works of love. When we show our wounds, people love us through those wounds. And when people open up their wounds to us, they allow us into their hearts. So for me, that universal language is love. It it's not speaking German or French or this. No, no, it's love. Mother Teresa spoke the universal language in India to the Hindis, to the Buddhists, to the you name it, she spoke it. And it was the language of love. Care for the needy feed the hungry, clothe the naked, you know, shelter to the poor. This is, this is our callings to be those instruments. I love what one of our friends gave to us. You know, that universal language of love is I accept you as you are unconditionally, not the way I think you should look without piercings, without this, without tattoos. Stop it. I accept you as you are. Just as God accepts us in our current positions and loves us unconditionally where we're at, loves us so much. He doesn't want us to stay there. It's why he sent his son. And then we go to number two. I believe that you are valuable. Every human being has a value. God created them out of love for love. Number one, first and foremost, for his great delight. And then secondly, to bring his son, Jesus Christ, into the world through their uniqueness, through their yes, as Mary gave her yes, and then with haste, after she received and conceived Jesus in her womb, she took Jesus to others. So I believe that you are valuable. And then here, I care when you hurt. You were saying about opening up the wounds. You know, I care. They don't care how much you know, Rob. They want to know, do you care? And so that care, that going the distance and going with haste. And then Mary shows us that example also in the visitation. She stayed with her cousin Elizabeth for the time that was needed. And then number four, I desire what is best for you. Is your heart's desire me, myself, and I, or what's best for the other? And number five, and this is the key of an invitation of the Holy Spirit I erase any and all of your offenses. God wants to set us free so that we can be those vessels of unconditional love, which means we must forgive as God forgave. Through the gift of the Holy Spirit, unconditional forgiveness. And the key to that forgiveness is pray for those who have offended you, who have persecuted you, who have spoken falsely against you. When you do that, you're putting them in God's hands and his care, and you're being set free.
3: I love the uh, the uh, the the imagery, you know, of the disciples being in a state of fear. You know, many times in, in scriptures we, you know, see someone who's sick or someone who's ill. We think about the healing or the hungry, and I think we can forget sometimes that you know, in our moments of fear as well, is still the perfect time and maybe the best time, you know, again to to, to draw back to Christ. I think we forget that. So this imagery of you know, uh, Jesus is gone and they're not sure what to do, and so in that moment of fear, in that moment of tre- here comes Christ into their midst. I mean, just a strong reminder of of, of those are moments when uh, when when we rely more on Him. I mean, Mary was in fear with the announcement, and then embraced, and then you know Joseph was in fear. Moses, you know, they, everybody had moments of fear. Again, the message is consistent. At those moments, like in the in the gospel here, that's when Christ enters into our midst. If we just like they did, recognize Him and then and then and embrace His presence.
1: And Tom, as I shared earlier in the day, you were the instrument that God chose to use who did not have fear to speak the words of truth into my heart. It happened almost 13 years ago when Tom Fertle, sitting at the other end of the table, spoke these words to me. Stewardship is not about money. It's about an understanding of the heart that everything we have is a gift from God that we're to use to help others. And quite honestly, it was the key to my heart that helped set me free. It took me on a journey to learn the truth and beauty of my Catholic faith in my heart and then to live it in my life and pass it on. To especially my children, and then every person I meet each and every day. So, Tom, just a personal thank you here on the air for not having that fear. Because too many times, one of the greatest weapons the enemy uses is fear. And we want to be politically correct. Stop that. When God prompts you to be bold for the gospel message of Jesus Christ, my counsel to you would be, be bold As Christ says, be wise as a serpent, but gentle as a dove. That means when you're prompted to say something, ask permission. May I help you with something? May I share my heart with you? When that person gives you permission, they've actually given you permission to enter their heart. If they reject it and say, you know what, I really don't want to hear your opinion. Don't give it, because I guarantee you, <laughs> that <laughs> right. door's closed, you're not going to break it down, and it's a waste hey, of time. Hey, you're knocking, but you can't come That's in. That's <laughs> right. So, again, Jesus, as we're supposed to emulate here, is always the gentle lover. He's always knocking. Well, those knocks are invitations. May I help you? May I share what's in my heart? When you ask permission, it's amazing the difference in the reaction versus the response when you ask permission,
4: yeah, the the um, phrase "when the doors were locked" sort of reminds me of our own hearts. You know how we keep our own hearts locked up, and we can't allow God to come in and receive His grace, to receive His Holy Spirit, because we're afraid of something that we've done. And I think you were talking about this earlier, Rob. Those wounds. You know, we don't want to show God our wounds and open our heart because somehow He's going to judge us, or mm. you know, we're afraid. And so I just say to myself and to everyone else, you know, not to be afraid because, you know, the last lines, receive the Holy Spirit who sinned you, you forgive, they are forgiven. So you can go to a Catholic priest and he is sitting there as a representative of Christ to forgive whatever wounds and hurts that are in there and not to be afraid because that's the first step, just like the... Evening of that first day, the darkness of our heart of that first day can be washed away
1: hmm. and that's so important, Tom, because where you took us now is a different understanding, a more spiritual understanding of you know receive the Holy Spirit. Jesus is passing on all the gifts that the Father gave to him. he's passing on to his apostles, and he says, "You know, who sends you, forgive or forgiven them, who sins you retain or retain? Well, you are correct, He passed on that great calling to be able to have that blessing in the church of the sacrament of reconciliation that we can go to a priest and through the grace given by God with the laying of the hands, Jesus passed it on and gave the gift of the Holy Spirit. That priest can be that conduit through which our sins are heard and also the grace of God flows in the forgiveness of our sins. Because if we go with that contrite heart and we speak out those sins Verbally, and we confess him with that contrite heart. God, through his mercy and grace, through that priest acting through that instrument forgives our sins, and we're cleansed and we're made new again. So this is really the scriptural reference that points to the reality of the truth of what the Catholic Church has taught for over 2,000 years, that the sacrament of reconciliation is real. It was a gift from God, given to Jesus, passed on to us, passed on to the apostles. So I I love it. and So thanks for bringing us to that priestly reality.
3: And, and David, it's, it's a beautiful gift, you know, because again, our God, our Creator, created us as physical people as psychological people, you know, in other words, we don't just don't interact with God, you know, on a spiritual level. It it is in many ways, it's physical, you know, at the mask, we experience smells and tastes and touch. And so the beauty of, of the reconciliation is that we can go and we can express we can confess those sins to god but still through a relationship there's a still a person there we vocalize them we hear the words of, of 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 forgiveness you know absolution so again our god created us you know spiritual and temporal physical psychological and so the sacraments engage all those parts of us it's a spiritual exercise but there's a physical dimension there you know we we hear we there, there's words to say so it's that's the beauty of of, of his plan you know that, that it's not just a supernatural reality. It's a supernatural reality that takes place in the context of our of our earthly life through these temporal things. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing.
1: And one of the great gifts that, that, that when Jesus did this and breathed in the Holy Spirit and, and said to receive the Holy Spirit is he gave this gift to the priesthood with the laying of the hands passed on down from the apostles, the bishops of the church to the priests, that same gift. We have a safe place to go because scripture tells us, no, no, commands us, Jesus tells us, to confess our sins to one another. But we all know, if we go confess our sins mm-hmm. to people that aren't safe, mm-hmm. next thing you know, that goes on down the line and ends mm-hmm. up hurting us. So for us to be able to go to a priest in the sacrament of confession, to confess our sins and know that those sins travel you know, through the priest to God, back through God in that mercy and that redemption to, to forgiveness of, of our sins, And that priest has taken a vow to never, ever repeat what is told to him in that confessional to anyone or they would be actually defrocked as a priest. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift from the Lord. We have a safe place to confess our sins. And then, from what I understand from many, many priests that I've talked to, a charism, a gift has been given the priest to actually forget those sins. Because if the priest just continually had all that stuff pow in his head, I think it would drive him nuts, quite (laughs) honestly. I know it would me. But so they've been given a gift then also to give them to the Lord lay them at the foot of the cross, and be given that gift to forget and to move on. And I know in my own personal life, as I confessed my sins to priests, I thought, oh my goodness, how can that priest ever look at me again? How can he ever, you know, acknowledge me? Not only do they acknowledge me, but they invite me to speak to their their people. They invite me to do this, and yet he knows what I've done? Isn't that beautiful? But that's Holy Mother Church. Holy Mother Church acting as the bride of Christ doesn't hold it against us. She nurtures us back to health so that we can be who God created us to be from the beginning.
2: I was just thinking about the, the whole idea of, of our sins and, and confessing our sins and, and forgiving, receiving forgiveness and, and extending that forgiveness to others. Uh, our sins hurt God. <laughs> yeah, there's no two ways about it, right? So our, our sins hurt, hurt our Lord, uh, but He doesn't view us as the enemy. You know, he, he knows who the enemy is. So He views us with complete mercy right that no matter how many times we go back with the same sins no matter no matter how grave they are he looks at us with complete mercy cuz we're not the enemy so if god looks at us that way man i need to really pray for the grace um especially in relationships i was listening to to uh, a guy it was i forget what the the topic was but it was Talk, it was a talk about relationships, and um, I think they are talking about spouses, and he said, your spouse is not the enemy. You have to remember that. No matter how bad things get, no matter how, your spouse is not the enemy. And it's so true that like, the evil one just uses and abuses us to hurt each other, right? He, he, can't, he can't usher his darkness into the world without us, right? He needs us to do his dirty work. Uh, so we have an enemy, and it's a common enemy, uh, so I need to just pray that uh, you know when when those who rail against me, um, that they're not the enemy. You know, look at them with the same mercy that that God looks at us. That wow, that person is uh, you know is you know the, the enemy's having their way with them. You know, just you know get that 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 holy pity. You know, Jesus looked at the crowd; they were like sheep without a shepherd. He had pity on them. Uh, so I just pray for that same type of mercy to to look at those that hurt me with uh, with Jesus's love
3: and to have that peace that follows when you can do that successfully we're back to we're back to peace the peace of mind the peace that you know what there's trials here there's tribulations there's someone who's saying things about me to me for but be at peace, you know, I've got a very good friend of mine who um, I shared with some of you earlier, you know, his, his, his saying is the king is on the throne, you know, no matter how he's doing, no matter what's going on with his, with his business, that's ups and downs, how are you doing? Hey, the king's on the throne. <laughs> he truly has that peace, you know, referred to here in the gospel in that his his message is, of course, look, God's got it. You know, the, the, the Savior is risen. <laughs> heaven's gates are open. Everything else, sure. it's not minor. It's not trivial, the rest of the world, but we know how the story ends. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, be at peace because everything else is going to work itself out. And, you know, it's, that's incredible faith. But that's, uh, he, 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 he lives his life that way. And no matter what going on in his life, that's the first thing he says. The king is on the throne. To me, it's the same thing. Peace be with you. Christ, he's about to send these disciples out into the world, whereas we know later on, they're all going to be martyred. (laughs) They're all going to be killed. And he's like, peace. (laughs) You know, in the end, peace we got this we got this covered you know
1: incredible i'm thinking thing. of the one saint where they put him on a spit and put him over an open fire yeah you know, the people smelled bread and he said turn me over <laughs> turn I'm, me, done, I'm done i'm on this right? side it's like mm-hmm. who has that kind of faith but you know what through the gift of the holy spirit all things are possible and and rob you said an important fact that i want to repeat ladies and gentlemen the enemy has no power unless you give it to him the enemy has no power unless you give it to him how do you give it to him through sin through bitterness. Unforgiveness, anger, resentment, envy, jealousy. You give him a portal, you give him power. Whereas if you continually stay in communion with the Lord, in that common union, he has no power over you. But as soon as you give it to him, He takes as much as he can get and he keeps that portal wide open. So again, that's the whole key. You know, on the evening of the first day, you know what? Every day of my life is that first day, Mm. that new beginning. So for me, every evening, I want to reflect and invite the Holy Spirit in and say, illuminate in my heart where I've fallen short, where I've hurt others, where I've accused, where I've judged, where I've stayed on an impure thought, whatever it is. And Father, forgive me and grant me the grace to not do that again. I think that, evening reflection time of both how God has chosen to use you and where you've fallen short I think it's a daily choice you know because every day you know the Lord's Prayer is all about that that day one day take it one day at a time each day is a gift
2: and Matt Mars got an awesome line in one of his songs just what you said this this is the first day of the rest of my life yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and love will hold us together right uh, This is the first day. So if we woke up every day, it's the truth. This is the first day of the rest of my life. Doesn't matter what happened in the past. Right? It doesn't matter. This is the first day of the rest of my life.
3: You know, and the and the the enemy has no power either. He has us. In other words, each day we decide. Who are, who's, who, which side are we going to give into? Who's Whose instrument are we going to be? I think C.S. Lewis said it best, and it's, a, it's one of his quotes that actually scares me many times. You know, every encounter with every individual will help them or hinder them mm. on their journey to heaven or hell. Wow. Think about that moment. So at each moment, each decision, each interaction, am I going to do God's work and help them in their journey? Or am I going to do the work of the enemy? You know, and it, it's, 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 a, it's a daunting uh, way to look at it, but it's, it's so true. I have been sent forth. Whose, whose orders, whose marching orders, whose mm. commands am I going to embrace and listen to? And will I help people or hinder them in their relationship with Christ?
1: Free will, free will is both a gift and a curse. Amen. depends yep. how you choose to use it. And, and so, Rob, I mean, that, that whole saying that Father George gave me years and years ago is so true. And this is key for everybody out there. The past is in God's mercy. To go there only causes despair. It is a trap of the enemy, meant to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. The future is in God's providence. To go there causes you to play God. I like to call it the what if roller coaster ride? What if he says this? What if she says that? What if he gets elected? What if she gets elected? What if, what if, what if? It's another trap of the enemy to rob and steal the gift of the present moment. The present moment is a gift from God to be received Opened and lived in love. That's it. If you get that from today's message of this gospel reading, to open the gift of the present moment, to live it in love, it'll change your life. Mm. Because again, trap is the past. Trap is the future. You you get away from it. Stay only in the present moment. Only in the present
2: moment. And and love is the key. We we can't love in the past. We can't love in the future. We can only love in the moment. So our, you know, the, the, The enemy knows, keeping us in the past or the future, you know, we can't do God's work now. We can't do those works of love now in the moment.
4: Yeah, and in this reading, uh, Jesus exemplifies that perfectly because he doesn't come in and say, hey, what happened to you guys back there? You know, (laughs) know, where were you? You know, like he didn't judge them or anything. Mm. He's just right there in the moment saying peace, you know. So he's, like you said, leaving the past in the past. Correct.
3: Right. And and if he would have told them what's to what's to come tomorrow, you know, yeah. <laughs> they might have been they might have run run for cover. So again, um, he knows that we have to take each day day by day, you know, as, as it comes because we, we don't know the extent of the future and and what great things or daunting things he may have in store for us. Trust today and then worry about tomorrow when tomorrow
1: comes. And there's another key line here. It's got a great wisdom to it. And this is Jesus speaking. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. Jesus came, as he tells us in sacred scripture, to do one thing, the will of the Father. The key to our life's journey, the key is to be a son or daughter to the Father, to claim your inheritance. You are not an alcoholic. You are not a sexual addict. You are not a drug addict. You are a son or a daughter of the Father, and then work on that relationship. Open up and invite the Lord into each and every one of our wounds to heal them. Don't live in the past. Let God heal them so that you can truly be who He created you to be, uniquely as a part of His body, Christ in the world. We're called to be that. St. Paul says, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So for me, in order to be the best husband, I'm called to be. The best father, I'm called to be. The best leader, I'm called to be. It all starts with being a son, a son to God the Father, recognizing that that relationship between myself and the Father, with it, I can love everyone without it it's impossible to love because god is love god bless each and every one of you have a great pentecost sunday and let's be out there and be the world changers we're called to be god bless
0: reflections from the heart has been presented by stewardship a mission of faith We hope that you have been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us